Hello, and welcome to episode 306 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page, one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with MJ Massey, comics creator and the creator of The Alchemist of Aurelia, now on Kickstarter. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. MJ, thanks so much for, for joining us on the podcast. When we start these interviews off, we ask for two things to get started. We ask for an a uh, quick bio about yourself, and then an elevator pitch for the, the book that we're talking about. Sure thing, and uh, thank you for having me. So uh, as you said, I'm Melissa J. Massey. I am your purveyor of fine fantasy comics and tragic shenanigans. And the comic I have on Kickstarter right now is The Alchemist of Aurelia, a Turkish fantasy where a young wizard hopes an old legend is true so that she can stop a witch's revenge. Very cool. And so currently the, the book that is on Kickstarter is the, the third issue. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, this is a direct continuation of number two, uh, where we're getting to the point where we're getting on the journey. We're starting starting down the road, as it were. Very cool. Um, you know, this might be a little bit that something that we discussed down the line, but um, with the plan for this series, um, as far as number of issues, um, you know, with, with us being at three currently. Uh, so this is the first time I've actually fully, like, really wrote out a story before starting it, which is great because I know that we're targeting about 10 issues and we have everything divided up real nice and even uh, between where those issues will be and what they'll be covering. So 10, maybe 11 if it starts to get a little crazy and we have to split one in half. Very cool. So, you know, uh, Melissa, you and I run in a lot of uh, the, the same circle. So I've, I've seen this book for, for quite some time, you know, postings, the, the two previous Kickstarters. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, are you sort of a, a one person uh, a shop on this book? Yeah, it's pretty much all me. Um, I do all the art and the writing and um, all the marketing work. <laughs> you know, all the, all the good stuff. I do have a story editor I worked with from issue two on uh, because the first issue was like a pilot concept that took off and people wanted to see more. And I was like, I guess there's more then. Uh, so, so she helped me develop out the story and put together the plot lines and everything. And then I do also work with a production artist who does the book layouts, puts together some of the graphics for me uh, and, you know, helps me out in those ways because those are some areas I'm a little weak in. Nice. Uh, Noah, do you, do you have a question for, for Melissa? So what do you consider yourself more of, an artist or a writer, or do you just sort of feel like you fall under the whole banner of storyteller? Um, like, well, How do you label yourself, I guess? Yeah, um, it, I guess creator is probably the best way because mm. it is such a hybrid process for me. Um, you know, I see everything in, unfolding in my head first, and then I have to take that and put words to it, uh, which gets a little tough. I could never be a prose writer for fight scenes because, you know, and I can see it play out in my head, but I just describe it as, and then they go this, and then they go swoosh, and then they jump it up and down, and it's like, uh, no one wants to read that. So that's why I draw it out. That's awesome. So are you... So when you're writing a script, then are you like thumbnailing and writing at the same time? Because, you know, you're you just don't want to have to like write out action and things. Uh, yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, for this one, I actually had it set up where I had three columns on a sketchbook page 
and then uh, divide it up into a grid. So one column would be where I wrote the script and then the other two columns in the row would be the spread so that I could you know, kind of put in the stick figures and, and figure out the flow of it at the same time while I'm figuring out what the dialogue is and what people are, are saying. Oh, that would be cool to see. Do you have that posted somewhere? Uh, actually, it's a Patreon bonus. Oh, uh, so nice. I, I post all the, the process work uh, in the back end there. Okay, nice. cool. That's a good do, plug. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you want to mention what that what that Patreon is since we just dropped that little nugget? Uh, yeah. Uh, the Patreon I forgot I had until this moment. Um, it is patreon.com. I don't want to say the wrong one. Yes, it is patreon.com slash MJ Massey. So I try to post all my uh, process stuff on the back end. So you can see a lot of storyboards, sketches, uh, the penciled pages, um, actually for the anthology uh, that Matt and I are in. I posted a lot of behind the scenes work on that uh, because I was doing that digitally for the first time. Uh, so talked a lot through that process and some of the writing nuggets too, and things I'm like thinking about, uh, those kinds of things, all the, all the behind the scenes stuff. Nice. So uh, is this book that you're working on, is it traditional or is it digital too? Um, so this one's a bit more of a hybrid approach, uh, because I still pencil traditionally actually, uh, but I started inking digitally, um, mostly just because my hands just kind of do their own thing sometimes and in pencil that's great because you can be really loose and all uh but when you get to inking it's less less good <laughs> so um i was actually doing touch-up work on my last book and i realized i was doing so much digital inking to fix a lot of the lines i goofed on i was like oh i should just do this from the start and then i could save a lot of time uh, so yeah, this one's a bit more of a hybrid process. Uh, I do have another series that I do in, in marker. So I do do that one completely traditionally start to finish and then just put in the, the lettering digitally. What's that book called? Uh, that one is Black Ball. That is my 1920s magical murder mystery story, which is That's... returning in 2023. I promise I'm working on number four. I was supposed <laughs> to do it this year and I didn't. So well, I might be taking up your time, but I have one more question, Matt, if that's okay. Go for um, it. So how many books do you average a year then if you've got multiple series going on? Uh, not as many as I would like. <laughs> um, it's about two and plus some because I do have side projects I work on between some anthology work or, you know, working on things for hire and that kind of thing. So you could almost say like maybe two and a half. And my books tend to be long. They're all over 30 pages. So you know, it's a, it's a lot of comics coming out through here. That's amazing. I'm, I'm jealous. I'm intimidated, <laughs> but mostly impressed. Oh, just wait when I can do this full time someday. Then I'll I be know. books yeah. out the wazoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that I found interesting when you're talking about sort of your developing style of going back and forth between traditional and digital or, or something that you just want to keep traditional from beginning to start is, you know, I see a lot of your posts where you're, you're taping things off and you're, you, you know, you're spraying them with, with finishes and stuff like that. Is that something you're doing on, on, on this book here? Uh, yeah, all my color illustrations are still traditional. So, you know, anytime I need to airbrush something, you know, I take a lot of videos of that or, um, 
you know, just, just anytime I want to do something in full color, it's for me, it's just feels way better to do it on paper with my trusty markers. You know, I've spent a long time developing my coloring style in markers. So, you know, that's just where I feel at home. And it's kind of nice to feel something physical happen in front of you uh, with just the way you blend colors or touch ink to paper and the ink kind of bleeds and blends and uh, yeah, that's, that's just kind of my happy place right there. Nice. Noah, uh, any uh, art questions hearing all that, that marker talk? Yeah, well, we, you know, Matt and I work with an artist who does a lot of marker as well. Do you feel like you had, like, it? did you, did you have a base in like painting before, like you worked in marker and airbrush and things like that? No, actually, I was terrible at painting wow. uh, all through high school and college. I was really bad at it. Uh, which is kind of why marker felt so much better to me. It felt like I had a little more control over it. Mm. Whereas like paint kind of felt like it went all over and I'm like, Oh, I didn't want it there. It was supposed to go over here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. It's beautiful stuff. Um, yeah, I, I like how you, you do marker the right way though. Uh, it it looked, I mean, not to be like, there's a wrong way, obviously, but like, you know, you do it, (laughs) It looks like you do it in the way that, you know, it's supposed to be done where it's like, like watercolor. So do you work light, lightest shade to darkest shade, or do you do dark to light when you're, when you're drawing? Uh, Dark to light. Definitely. It's a little easier for me to figure out where the shadows go Mm. and then I can just kind of blend them out as I need to. Um, So it's like shadow. And then if I have um, a lot of ambient light or I'm trying to do something like complicated lighting wise, and I'll go in and kind of plot out those areas, especially if they need to be really bright. Uh, And then I go in with all the other tones. And then if I need to go back and add the dark shades back in, you know, kind of make those shadows a little more uh, poppy, I guess, Uh, you know, then I'll, I'll do that. That's, that's just rad. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, I do the same. I do the same thing. I just I just don't meet a lot of people who do the same thing, though. So yeah, most people cool. work light to dark, and yeah. it's like I just can't figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> that's just not how I was trained. I, I that's sort of how I always chalk it up to. But um, you explain it in a way where I'm like, yeah, that's why I do it. So thank you. Um, <laughs> Anytime, always happy to back you. <laughs> so Noah, does this is a bit of a side tangent, but does does Travis? Um, do the opposite on on Mossvale. Travis was the one who got me into doing, starting to try to do light to dark. But I end up, I instinctively go dark to light um, when I'm doing stuff. But sorry, that's a tangent. It's very no cool worries. to hear how everybody. It's a very geeky talk. So thanks for uh, uh, indulging us, MJ. Oh yeah, anytime. I love talking this kind of stuff because I don't really have anyone to talk it with. Most of my friends are digital artists, so like I just do a new layer. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Screw those guys. Just <laughs> Digital art's great too. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do, do you have a uh, a formal background? Uh, did you did you go to school for for art? Um, I did get a studio art degree. I went to like a general college. My parents forbade me from going to art school, which was fine. It, it all worked out good, I think. Uh, so I actually did a dual degree in writing and in art, so that I could train both sides. 
Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like most of my advancement and learning in, in drawing and art really has happened post-college and in some ways is still going on. Uh, but definitely I felt like I got a real uptick in 2016. I don't know what it was about 2016. It was a slamming year for Eurovision. So maybe that was it, I don't know. Uh, but I just started like, I just noticed my art was really rising to a new level and I just kept pushing more and more and you know, I'm still pushing today, so. Very cool. So cool. So, why Turkish fantasy? Why? What's what? Uh, what brought all that on? Yeah. Um, so I'm a total art history nerd, also, and um, I started in college. I discovered Byzantine art in an art history class I was taking, and I just loved it. Uh, I mean, it's gold leaf on gold leaf, so that's pretty fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and I just really got into that. And then the more I was studying that, the more I also started getting into um, the, the Ottomans who came and conquered the Byzantine Empire and took over mm -hmm. Constantinople. Um, so just kind of seeing, you know, what they did with what they found there, because they were really impressed when they came in with um, Byzantine architecture. Um, so they adopted a lot of that into their style and it became this like really unique blend of things that isn't really anywhere else yeah. uh so it just kind of captured my imagination and uh, i always wanted to do a comic in that kind of setting uh because you know it, it would be fun to have uh, a world where you can like, just crawl in there and be in this aesthetic that you love so much and there's not a lot of it it's not a popular setting in media so i'm yeah. like i'm just gonna make my own then that's yeah, so, so I talking about what people studied. I have a I have a degree in history, and I always felt that that was like a really interesting area because that's sort of like the point where like East meets West, and there's a lot of blending like in in that area. You know, it's almost that midpoint um, as you're transitioning from Europe to the Middle East, where there's a little bit of uh, both going on. So that's probably one of the the fun things for you there right oh absolutely and you know there's just so many different uh identities and, and periods of history and you know all the people who have passed through there and you get just this fantastic interesting blend of almost like the whole world coming together and what that looks like in this one place mm. that's so cool is there an artist like from that time or is there like a movement during that time that you're referencing more than anything else for this comic? Uh, it's a lot of the architecture of uh, Istanbul really is what I'm leaning into because I feel like, you know, that's so much of the setting. Like when I'm trying to think of where they are in a background, it's like, all right, well, they're in a hallway, but what is this hallway? Like, all right, it's got to be like, you know, they're in a palace, so it's got to be really decorative. And what would it have looked like if it was in uh, the Ottoman Empire? And uh, so, yeah, it's a lot of that. I have a, a couple of photo books of um, like the different architecture around the cities for me to use as reference. Uh, but recently I did actually delve into doing a little more research into um, miniature paintings of, um, of the Ottoman Empire and just kind of how they look. They have a really distinct look because they weren't really supposed to be doing any representative art. So they kind of mm -hmm. distort everything, right? Um, so I actually wanted to use that for a brief flashback that's in the book. Uh, so I, I did a little blending of that with 
um, some of like the shadow puppetry uh, animation you might see in like anime uh, and kind of what that looks like put together to convey a, a flashback in an interesting way. That's so cool. So with your process as somebody who who's working, you know, on pretty much most of the production of the book, do you work um, beginning to end sort of like thumbnails, pencils, digital inks, markers, uh, or do you sort of maybe have a day where, you know, maybe one thing is working better for you. So, you know, like, Hey, I need to turn off my, my, you know, penciling brain and just sort of get into the colors. How, how do, how do you work? Uh, I try to chunk it out. This book's been a little more chaotic just because there's been a lot of different things going on as I've been working on it. Uh, but typically I'll do a, like a chunk of pages and like, um, I do all the thumbnails first so that I know exactly where the book is starting and ending. And then I'll go through and I might do anywhere from like five to eight pages that, all right, these are the pages I pencil, then these are the pages I ink, and then these are the pages that I either color or screen tone, uh, and then these are the pages I letter, and then I move on to the next chunk of however many. Uh, sometimes it's like by scene, and sometimes it's just what I had done that week uh, that I work on at a time. Nice. And, you know, sometimes one of the questions we have for somebody who is the writer and acting as the letterer, um, are you using that that pass to um, possibly clean up dialogue, change dialogue, go, oh, you know what, I, I thought I needed to say this, but now that I, I see this um, on the page, you know, it's a little bit more show, don't tell. Are you using that to, to, to clean up, possibly do some, you know, changes, edit some at the lettering stage? Oh yeah, absolutely. And even sometimes before then too. So I might have thumbnailed a page and thought, oh, this is awesome at the time. And then, you know, come back to it in pencils and even a couple of times in inks and been like, oh no, this is not good. Uh, <laughs> but definitely that lettering phase is a great time for me to really think like, is this in the character's voice correctly? Like, is this fitting the scene? Is this really how they would react? And, you know, try to adjust it accordingly. And are you doing that uh, digitally? Uh, yeah, all, all the lettering is done digitally. I have terrible handwriting, so no one wants mm -hmm. to look at that. Yeah. What, uh, what pro what's your program of choice there? Uh, so right now, I really like using uh, Affinity Designer for lettering, even though I'm inking and doing the screen tone work in Clip Studio. Uh, I, I don't know, there's just something, Affinity Designer is making it really easy to put the lettering in, to make the uh, speech bubbles and, you know, do those shapes and just really get things how I like them to be. Uh, so that, that's what I've been going with. A lot of people have been chastising me like, oh, but the Clip Studio text tool is so good. Why would you use anything else? I'm like, because I can't figure out how it works and I'm very tired. And <laughs> you just find the thing that works for you and that's what you stick with for a bit. So true. Yeah. Still, yeah. Uh, off of that, do you, uh, how, did you find a font right away or have you been like experimenting with like different fonts that feel fit your line? Um, uh, you're doing yeah, that. when I did the first issue, I actually, the first uh, edition of it, I used a different font and then I found one later that I liked better, uh, Tencent Comics. I, I really like that one. Okay. Uh, so I, when I did the remaster of the first issue, I, that was a big part was just changing all the, the fonts over uh, to, to that. And then I've been using that one 
uh, for the rest of the series ever since. Uh, for Black Ball, because I want to have its own identity, I do still use Wild Words for it, which is another great font. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, I do. I do have the times where it's like, oh yeah, I want to look at all the fonts and think about what I would use them for. And, you know, the annual font sale on January 1st. I'm like, all right, what's, what's going in the library this year? You know, <laughs> Is that on, uh, I like getting fonts just for everything for lettering. Is that off of uh font spring or is that on, um, uh, fonts twos.com? Uh, I use a lot of Blambot. Oh, it's the Blambot one. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. There is the other one that's like specifically comics that's not Blambot, but I yeah. forget. No, I'm looking at like, I should have guessed it was Blambot. Like I, I Googled it just to see what it was. But yeah, no, that's a nice font. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a real fun one. It almost has a retro feel, but it's not too in your face about it. So mm-hmm. mm. chef's kiss good. Yeah. Very good. Awesome. So um, before we move on to sort of crowdfunding talk, uh, I just want to check in with Noah. Um, I know you guys are the, the resident artist here, and I'm, I'm the guy who, who dabbles in art and writes mostly. Um, Noah, do you have any more art questions before we, before we move on? Yeah, I was wondering if you could go into more as to the role of the story editor on this book. Uh, who is the story editor and how do you guys work together um, making the comic? Sure. Uh, so my story editor is actually a friend of mine. Uh, she goes by Kabucha for her um, online dealings. <laughs> that sounds shadier than it is, but um, <laughs> and she was working with me and also another friend of ours who was working on a novel. Uh, and what we did was we got together. I went down to her house and uh, we had all the post-it notes and a big poster sheet of paper and uh, you know, we divided up the story into the different stages. So if you're familiar with uh, Save the Cat, uh, we used that. And we also used uh, one for romance books. Uh, this isn't necessarily a romance, but the way that this uh, approach worked actually divides up the story pretty nicely and complement to Save the Cat. Um, so, so we kind of went through each stage and like I had a bunch of ideas that were really kind of disparate and it's like, I don't know, it'd be cool if they like went here. It'd be cool if they went to this place that's kind of like Egypt, but the Great Library didn't get destroyed or like things like that. And then I'd be like, you know, I don't think any of these ideas connect. And we worked through seeing like, do these ideas connect? We, we threw out the ones that weren't working. We uh, you know, made the in-betweens between the different events work so that it makes sense for the flow of the story and keeps things kind of moving organically. Um, and then since then, I've gone th- back through, I added more of the detail because we just did high level, like this happens here. And then I would go through and flesh it out. And, you know, sometimes I run things by her and like, I don't know, I'm thinking this. And uh, so it's, it was really like one intense working session and then like now kind of checking in sometimes about it. That's so cool. Yeah, it was a, so, it was a really great time. Nice. Um, do you, um, when you guys are doing that, uh, you know, post-it notes, do you, do you keep a record? Do you, do you, are you taking a photo in case you need to, to reference that later or? Uh, I actually have the whole poster on my wall beside me, so I can always reference it uh, for when I need it. Or if I get an idea, I can write down on a post-it note and just slap it on there and come back to it later. 
Oh, that's awesome. So that probably gives you the ability to maybe like, you know, if you have like a, like a midpoint or just a little, you know, story beat that you need to add in, do you, you know, physically, you know, move the, uh, the post-it notes around or do you just sort of like try to like put it where it kind of needs to go so you don't have to mess around, mess around with it too much? Yeah. Um, so, you know, when I get that idea, I write it down on a post note and I just stick it where it needs to go on the board. Uh, I haven't had to move anything too dramatically. So that just goes to show that the, the process worked very well for, for me, that we were able to really get things nailed down uh, the f- first, first and a half time, I'll, I'll say, not quite the first time, but not, not quite to the second time. And yeah. So is, is that sort of in a, in a private area of your home in case sort of the, uh, the, the plumber comes over and you don't, he doesn't like see your, you know, your poster board where it's like so-and-so stabbed somebody and then uh, jumps off of a building. Uh, yeah, it's up in my office. So not quite in, in the main trafficked areas. Uh, so if, unless the plumber's coming in here, uh, I, my secret should be safe. Very cool. So you're you're a bit of a veteran on um, you know crowdfunding. Um, you know we we all sort of have the the highs and the lows. You know you start off there's a rush, there's the the dreaded dead zone, then there's another rush at the end. Um, is that something that you're experiencing again here? Oh yes, I had uh, what I like to call the day four panic because like day one and two, you're like, yeah, this is going great. And then day four hits and it's like, oh no, everything is terrible. I'm a fraud and we're never going to make it. Um, <laughs> less so this, I felt a little panic, but um, thankfully, you know, now that this is Kickstarter number four, I think. Yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah. So with being number four, I have a lot of data backpiled that I can go back and look at. And when you see, you know, a full campaign's worth of progress mm-hmm. and are able to look back at it, you're like, oh no, like I'm I'm tracking okay. Like I'm looking at the past campaign, it did this as it got further along. So it's almost like being able to to see in the to the future, but you're looking at the past. Sure. Um, so like a couple of things that are probably, um, you know, you're, you're able to use, um, you know, with as many campaigns that you've run, you probably see some of the, the tried and true names that you see all the time. Um, are you seeing, you're seeing that again, you see, uh, new names, maybe a combination of the two. Yeah. Um, it's definitely right now a lot more returning people, which is always nice to see. Uh, but mm-hmm. we have been getting some new people in, uh, which is also good. So, you know, with the based on my data, I was able to see like, okay, at the beginning of the campaign is when I'm going to get mostly returning people. And now at this point is where more new people would be coming in, uh, as data suggests. So mm-hmm. now I'm kind of shifting how I'm making posts and, and where I'm posting and uh, kind of what the messaging is to subtly more fit that newer audience. So, mm-hmm. you know, including more of a story uh, story overview. Oh, that was a tough one to figure out. Um, uh, talking more about the story and, you know, why, why they would want to read it as opposed to like 
at the beginning where you're excited, like this is the thing you've been waiting for because this new audience doesn't know they've been waiting for this thing yet, but they will. <laughs> um, well, one of the cool things about being, hopefully um, being three issues in is anybody new um, that finds this is the, they have the ability to, to, to catch up. Um, I'm assuming you have sort of the, the things that we, we all put into the Kickstarter, you know, print, digital, um, digital catch-ups, physical catch-ups. Is there anything um, new or different that, that, that you're doing this time? Uh, yeah, I did a variant cover this time uh, for the first time. So it's just a different piece of art. It's by me because once again, I forgot to go out and hire other people to do art for covers. So, uh, you know, just had to go with my usual artist, I guess. Uh, but no, I'm actually, I actually really like this uh, cover a lot. Um, it's an illustration I had in mind for a long time and was going to use it as the cover originally. Uh, but then I don't know if like the sketch was just not good because uh, my email list didn't like it as much as the other one that ended up becoming the standard cover. But when you're your own everything and your own boss, you can just do what you want anyway. So I'm like, well, I'll make it the variant. And uh, yeah, I'm actually, I'm really proud of it. I think it looks really slick. Uh, a lot of people jumped on it day one. So uh, that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, there's a certain amount of, Kickstarter backers that, um, you know, love the story that are going to come back, you know, each Kickstarter um, for the, the story, the continuation of the story. But there's also the, the Kickstarter backer that needs to, needs to have everything. Um, so now you're giving them uh, that chance to be, you know, getting, getting a second thing, getting a variant. Um, do you, are you, are you tracking that uh, right now? I mean, I know you said it at did really well early on. Um, so is it something that you're thinking about continuing? Um, maybe. I'm going to have to see kind of how I feel at the end of the campaign, because I think right now uh, 12 variants out of the 25 <laughs> I plan to print have been claimed. So that's pretty nice. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting, especially having not done one before. I didn't know if people were going to like it or not. Um, oh. But yeah. I guess we'll have to see how the campaign shakes out. It's it's a nice thing to have, and it's something that I can do myself in a pinch, which mm -hmm. is nice. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what the data shows at the end. <laughs> Very cool. That's and awesome. so it sounds like you made it sort of a, a limited quantity, which is uh, another thing onto itself, right? Yeah, uh, just to build a little more hype around it, you know, this idea of I'm only printing this many, they're going to be numbered. So you're getting this signed numbered thing that's really limited, uh, you know, just to kind of build up some excitement around it, especially because it, the, the art on it is so special to me, I mm -hmm. wanted to make it as special as I could. So are you going to get to keep one for yourself? Oh, absolutely. Cool, cool. That's the secret 26 copy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very cool. Um, you know, well, we covered a lot of things here. Um, I'm assuming you're doing the, the normal um, promotion. You know, you're going on social media. Um, do, you, do you have an email list? Uh, yes. If you go to uh, melissajmassey.com slash welcome, uh, you can sign up for my email list there and you'll actually get 
a preview copy of The Alchemist of Aurelia. It's the first half of issue one. So if you think it's something you might be interested in, sign up for the email list, get that free copy. And, you know, we have a lot of fun, fun times in the email list. So uh, it's be something that brings a, a little sparkle to your inbox each week. Very cool. And halfway through that question, I realized that that was silly because I'm on your email list and uh, <laughs> I follow along that way. So, <laughs> But I'm not. So thank you, Matt. No, no worries. Yeah. Come on in. It'll soon be time for a national final song of the week come the end of November. And, you know, at the end of each year, I do the what I call the gift box where I try to get five cool things from the year and share them. Uh, and, you know, just cool stuff like that. I try to do uh, for every week and times of the year. That's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. So let's uh, let's do this. This is a this is a bit of an uh, interesting part of the podcast. What we can do here. Um, Melissa, you and I are both part of the Concrete Care. I'm sorry, Concrete Arcanum Kickstarter um, anthology. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the, the story that you have in that? Oh, absolutely, uh, because this is the height of my comedy writing career. So you're definitely going to want to get in on this book. It is all downhill for me from here, but this is the peak. Uh, so my story in the book is called Even Orcs Have Ghost Problems. Uh, it is the idea of what happens uh, when you mix the kind of more grounded, supernatural kinds of stories uh, with the more high fantasy elements. So it's a third rate ghost hunter and how she gets by in a world that now has all these fantastical creatures and people with better powers than her. That's so great. How, how many pages is it? Uh, it is an eight pager. Nice. That's great. And Matt, why don't you tell everyone about your story in it? Oh, I love sure. that story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my story is called Toll Collection and it's a uh, sort of a modern take on um, every time you cross the, the bridge, you have to, to pay the troll a, a toll. And there's a little bit of a uh, um, office space um, feel to it um, when they do a little bit of computer hacking. So um, um, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, Ertan um, did the art. He's a he's a Turkish artist, so we can uh, tie everything together there. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's going on right now. Um, I'm really excited about that. I'm happy to to have that story. How did you guys get involved in this anthology? I don't think I've asked you that, Matt. Um, so I am relatively sure that uh, Nathan. Um, is that right? Or is it, uh, did I get his name wrong, Melissa? No, it is Nathan. Oh uh, yeah. Nathan saw the, uh, the Mossvale, um, Kickstarter and all the stuff that we were, we were doing there. And again, he and I run in a lot of the same circles. So, um, he reached out to me and asked me, um, if I had a story for it and sort of this idea had been in my head for a while. And I'm like, yeah, I have something that I can, I can bring to that. So um but melissa how how did how did he reach out to you um i think he emailed me because again we run in the same circles um i've done art for him uh, he's done some things for me in the past so uh yeah he emailed me because he heard i made a solemn vow once to not do any more anthologies <laughs> and, uh, three <laughs> anthologies after that uh so yeah he reached out and he said i want you to pitch for the book and here i am <laughs> 
That's so cool. That's great. And you guys are here together. How long is the book itself? How many creators and how many, uh, how many pages is it supposed to be? Uh, it's, it's 120 pages. Wow. I forget how many stories. I think it's what, it's not quite 20, is it? I think it's either in the neighborhood of 20 or, or, or very close to 20. Yeah. 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 I backed it. I should know, but I just backed <laughs> it because I, I like you guys. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, yeah. The that's great. Yeah. Concrete Arcanium. Everybody check it out on Kickstarter. It looks awesome. Yeah. It, and it's a really explosive collection. I would say like really yes. just top notch creators and really great stories in it. Yeah. Yeah. So Melissa, let's do this. Um, you know, we talked about the anthology that we're both in together, but let's let's shift our focus back to 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 your book um, as we close up. Um, we're recording here sort of towards the end of uh, September. What is the the end date of your your Kickstarter? Uh, so we're running till October fourteenth. So as of this recording, we're about at the halfway point. So still plenty of time to jump in. Uh, but if you want to unlock some great milestone bonuses and get to some fun stretch goals, including additional uh, comics for the book, uh, you want to jump in now so that we can get there. Awesome. And uh, in addition to that, where are the best places to, to follow you online? Sure. Uh, so if you want the campaign itself, uh, I have a redirect link, alchemistcomic.melissajmassey.com. Really easy to remember. So just pop over there, get your book get one of those last variant covers before they go. Uh, for general online shenanigans, uh, the email list, like we talked about before, is probably one of the best ways to keep up with what I'm doing. Uh, I am on Instagram as Byzantine Tafosi, so Byzantine like the empire, Tafosi like the Ferrari fans who, as usual, are being disappointed this year. <laughs> Uh, and then on Facebook, if you search the art of Melissa J. Massey, uh, you know, you'll get all my stuff there as well. Very cool. Well, I am, a, I think I'm pretty much a follower of you everywhere. So it's not going to be too hard for me to um, put those links in the, uh, the show notes. But most importantly, there's going to be a link to the, to the Kickstarter in, in the show notes. So um, um, it's, it's been really cool catching up. You know, we, we've mentioned a few times that we run in a lot of the same circles, but this is awesome to to have you on the podcast. Um, we're really excited, um, you know, and I know that this story is going to continue to go on. So maybe we can uh, get together in the in the future and talk about the future issues or anything else that's coming up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. I'd love to pop back on with you guys. Very cool. Yeah, the pleasure. So. Um, yeah, just I just want to thank everybody for listening. If you could give us a rating or review on the podcasting service you use, really appreciate it. Kind of teased this earlier, but there's going to be a second uh, Kickstarter link um, for the anthology that Melissa and I are both in. Uh, so two Kickstarter links in the uh, show notes. But if you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter, and that is at ConstructComPod. Instagram is ConstructingComicsPod, and Facebook is ConstructingComics. Um, just Thanks for everybody for listening. Um, please be safe, be nice to each other, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you. <laughs>